What is what is up? What is good, gamers? This is Shonuf71, aka Digadulamite. Purple bling bling, y'all. And your auditory canals are tuned into episode 220 of the Gaming Vessels podcast. Of course, I am not in the digital studio alone. Got my partners in crime with me first on deck. Dez, a.k.a. the Bay Area Terror, a.k.a. the high-res lover. That's me. A.k.a. the cat daddy, a.k.a. that gamer step daddy. How's it going, man? Hey, not too bad. Just happy to be here with all of you fine folks listening. Uh, thank you so much for taking, taking the time to listen to us ramble um got a quick announcement uh joe and i are going to dun, 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 pax um so uh we'll be there uh we will we will be paxing it up uh in seattle uh during labor day weekend so um we will not be recording uh a show next week um but when we come back we will have a ton of information for you all about how pax was uh what we did what we bought you know you know purchases will be made joe will be there so uh we also <laughs> we also uh got invited to uh well i wouldn't say we got invited to but we got selected to go to the nintendo party so uh oh, that's dope. yeah nintendo live nintendo live, live. I, I like to call it a party, a Nintendo party, but yeah, it's, it's Nintendo Live. So we will be there doing stuff with Nintendo, probably spending money that we don't need to spend on, on Nintendo products. So uh, we will have full coverage uh, when we uh, for our next show. So please stay tuned. And, and um, if we're going to see you, uh, let us know, because we would love to hang out with any of our listeners that's going to be there. So if you're going to be in Seattle uh, next weekend for uh, Labor Day weekend, uh, let us know uh, in our Discord. And hopefully we can meet up, hang out, and you can, you know, hang out with us and see, you know, the high-res lover, which is me, and the jabroni. So I uh, hope you're all. <laughs> all right. All right. So that sounds – now, and, well, you already said Seattle, so this is PAX West you're talking yep. about. Okay. Yeah, PAX West. Okay. And, of course, our show is a no-go without Trader Joe. A.K.A. Jabroni Chief. Yeah, yeah. That's me. But you might also know him as the Food Max of Gaming, who can maximize your gaming dollar. How's it going? It's going good. Um, I'm trying to maximizing, so we'll see. GameStop has some trade-in deals. so uh, In fact, they have current trade-in deals right now, so... so. I went down there yesterday and got rid of some, some like, you know, backlog, like, you know, stuff like Dragon Ball the Breakers, you know, stuff that I have no what? idea. Not, not Dragon Ball the Breakers. Yeah, Dragon Ball the Breakers. <laughs> you got kicked at the curb. I never played you. I don't want you, Dragon Ball the Breakers. I'm breaking wow. it off. Wow. I didn't even dip in. I didn't even uh, dip into that. I think you did yourself a favor with that one. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, it's like I, I kind of had questionable uh, purchasing uh, decision after I, like, you know, bought it to begin with. It was cheap, so it's like, ha-ha, but no, uh, it's good. I didn't lose any money on it, so. so That's good. Yeah, but uh, they, they got, like, I think if you're a pro member, you trade in six, you get, like, an additional 40% trade-in value. 
on there now that started today. So just in case you have like, uh, you know, some bunch of games you're not playing or not going to do anything with, you know, as long as you don't mind gaming games, stop your business, which is questionable at that. But <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. I might look into that. Yeah. Yeah. The trade-in deal I did was, uh, I think it still might be going, is that as long as you put like five bucks down towards a pre-order, anything five bucks and above, you get an additional five bucks uh, boost on top. So, so like stuff like Dragon Ball, the Breakers was like five bucks. And so I got $10 for it and I paid $10 for it out the door. So, mm-hmm. so no harm, no, no harm, no foul. I got a new spanking new mint case. So. So maybe I I profited, ha ha ha. <laughs> I I like to think that you did. Yeah. Oh. That that's the uh, delusion, the delusion. So. That's what that's what you're going with. Huh? Yeah. But, Sounds good to me, man. Sounds good to me. So. <laughs> well, How you doing, delusions included. How you doing? Kevin? I'm having delusions. Delusions. Uh, I'm I'm good. I'm good. Uh, vacation time. So awesome. Uh, yeah. Um. I, for whatever reason, I'm still tired. Uh, don't know why, but it's the first <laughs> day of vacation. Yeah, I know. But it's like my gosh. Uh, the energy levels, the energy levels, you know, what, what, what was it that Gauntlet said? You know, Elf needs food. <laughs> Kev, needs, <laughs> Kev needs rest badly. Yeah, yeah. Kev needs barbecue badly. <laughs> so, all right, folks. Well, it was always our first topic on our docket. Y'all know what it is. And that's the playlist. All right, um, let's go with Jabroni this week. What you been playing, man? Well, there's a lot of, like, you know, I hate to say it, like, you know, Casey Kasem should be coming out from the grave because it's like it's been Jabroni's greatest hits over here, you know. <laughs> Basically, it's been like... Uh, Rock me along, too. Oof. Yep. Yep. So not only have I uh, doing a lot of math, I've been dividing both on... Uh, Xbox Series X and also now on PlayStation. So I've been still playing Division 1 on Xbox Series X. Still wow. pushing forward in my playthrough. Um, I even played a little bit today. You know, I played like a good hour and a half, I think. You know, pushing forward my like all 100% single player campaign. But uh, listener John BT decided because he was done with Diablo 4. Uh, that he wanted to go and give uh, Division 2 a shot first. And, of course, you know, he uh, sent me a message on Discord, and I'm, like, you know, sending all these, like, excited gifts. And uh, we happened to play on uh, Thursday for a little bit. I created a character. You know, at first, I think earlier in the week, I was, like, afraid that I lost my save file. I was telling Dez, I was like, oh, oh, crap, I had, like, you know, I checked my time on PSN. I have like eight, 383 hours playing Division 2 on PlayStation. So, mm. so that's how much I've played in my life. So, and so I, I thought my save file was gone, but I totally forgot that just like Destiny, Destiny 2, and games of that ilk, that the um, save file is in Ubisoft's cloud versus on my PlayStation account. So I still have access. I, I wound up like firing up and... 
seeing where my character was, even though I hadn't signed on in two and a half years to see where I was at and kind of got used to the gameplay a little bit. And after playing Division 1 a lot these last few two, three weeks and comparing the two, it's like I could see it's kind of crazy to see and compare both games side by side and see the refinements and uh, the way each game plays uh, a little bit differently. That Division 2 is definitely a lot more refined. Oh, yeah. A lot more gear, uh, a lot more stuff to grab out in the environment. Uh, we wound up, me, John, BT, and, and Dez wound up playing some multiplayer on Saturday yesterday. And we're commenting the fact that, you know, you know, this game just, spe- you know, just rings that video game logic that this, you know, like little rinky-dinky backpack that you have is carrying like, you know, uh, 13 different weapons inside, you know, a bunch of uh, armor and gear, uh, you're picking up crap like, oh, here's a child's toy, or here's a crayon, and like all this crap you're supposed to bring back to the settlement and stuff. So, you know, I guess you know in the world of bulletproof, you know, J. Crew hoodies, you know, you're gonna have backpacks that get suck up like, you know, like basically a, a U-Haul worth of of gear where you're out and about. Come on, leave that alone. We, you know, the infinite space backpack. Come on, infinite we, space play, backpack, we yeah. play fantasy games that do the same thing, so come on. I know. know, I know. I'm not asking. Maybe Ubisoft should bring out, okay, this is the realistic backpack weight that you could hold, and then everyone would be infuriated because of the fact that you can't, like... <laughs> Bulk up. Fred Sanford up in, up in the environment up there, like sucking up every last well, bit that's, of loot. That's, that's what you want to do, so you know. Yep. That's definitely how it is with Joe over here. So yeah, we're constantly kind of, calling kind of out ex- loot. Yep, that's what I was doing. It's like, hey, there's loot over here. Oh my God, there's loot. There's a there's a notebook over here. Oh my God, there's loot. Mm-hmm. Loot hound. Okay, I just to just just to ease my own curiosity, what do you do with? crayons and notebook and loose leaf paper is like are these crafting elements or uh these are basically stuff you can contribute because in the game you are in uh, washington dc and they are in the storyline basically trying to spring up anew from the uh, the, the plague Okay. Yeah, the plague that happened, the uh, what they call it, the green green poison. But yeah. you know, you could call it COVID and then the brother from another mother. You know, so mm-hmm. we're on there. So you bring basically stuff like that. So this represents stuff so you could bring up back over to the settlement. And then during the game, once you bring more resources back to each settlement, you could see like they're making improvements, building a roof. They have like a little area where they, oh, this is for the kids so they can play video games and like all the stuff. So it's yeah. like it's just. Uh, Basically, just rep, you know, items in the environment that you're supposed to basically grab. Like, you know, you're supposed to be a walking, talking, shooting uh, garbage man, basically going and looking, for, uh, picking out, like, you know, like, uh, you know, getting all the meat off the bone of a of a piece of chicken, basically. <laughs> trying to, well, I think that's uh, why Joe likes it, though, is because, like, it gives him an opportunity to scrounge because you everything that you pick up all the loot and whatnot <clears throat> you're contributing to the to the settlement to make it better yeah. so joe's like hey you know i'm santa i'm santa jabroni i'm gonna <laughs> turn over every nook and cranny because i'm helping the children's i'm helping the little children's and i'm like joe you're not and he's like yes i am and i'm like okay, really, she loved the kids 
so more like so. more like I just like you know I guess you know when I retire and coming up I guess I'll just have to get like uh, one of those like uh, what uh, I'm gonna be at the beach with a like a metal detector looking for for like you know loose metal and coins I guess you know, you know like, what you laugh but I can totally see you doing that <laughs> like it, I could totally see you doing that just like you know hey, I'm coming to visit you and I'm like dropping you off at the at the uh at the beach and you're like i'll pick you up later joe okay boop, 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 boop. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i've been enjoying division quite a bit division two i mean i don't know how deep i'm going to get with this playthrough with this other character but you know pretty deep uh, you think so oh yeah yeah you, you're the type of guy that just likes like those those games those games are comforting for you you know they're not too difficult they give you a little bit of a challenge and it's loot you know it's just it's just I I think you really enjoy that kind of like mindless fun of it all which is great you know I think you just kind of like yeah you know I get to go over here see what's over here you know but I think I think only I think it's mostly because you really enjoy game design and so you like you like when people you know spend time designing a certain area or a certain um, a certain thing um you know and it shows so i, I think that's just because you're just a connoisseur of of games I, that's what i believe anyway whether it's true or not you know eh. but that's what uh, i believe you know division two uh, for whatever reason it was got kind of um, a little bit uh, just like with destiny 2 uh the launch wasn't all that great and they ever oh, find yeah. that game so much and it's still being updated you know get, oh, yeah. gotta give it up for ubisoft you know uh, the thing about the game and the seasons they're running now with Division is that it's a lot. A lot of it's just based on cosmetics. So if you want to get into the finite, you know, cosmetics to design your Division person on there, you know, your girl, girl or get or guy on there. So be able to go in and purchase said credits. And you know, I already bought this game, you know, and so I'm, I I will play with the. Uh, selection of items I have available uh, to be able to play up my dude, and that's not why I play that game. So on there, mm-hmm. but uh, John BT's, you know, John's enjoying it quite a bit, and I think the multiplayer aspect too is might be cool. You know, I played with Des quite a bit when we played Division Two a few years ago, and so just experience that with a new person or new persons, if need be. I know Goonie was mentioning that he was thinking about, you know, playing that a little bit or checking that out. No pressure, Goonie, though, if you're listening to this. So, But, uh, you know, and it's a cheap game. It's on PS Plus Extra. It's like if you go to GameStop, it's like four bucks, and there's a ton of content for it. I will not buy Kev a copy. I think I bought Kev a copy previously, I think, right? So I am no, I'm not yeah. getting another copy to you, buddy. So. Yeah, yeah. It, it won't get played. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> There's the other stuff to play. So yeah. now I've also been playing Tower of Fantasy a little bit, but uh, I'm still kind of way far behind in where Dez is at in the story and stuff. But I seem like I want, I sign on, I talk to Dez online and pick up all my daily items and uh, progress the uh, uh, story just a little bit. So I'm, I'm taking the game casually, you know, uh, I think I've got like from what you and Christian said, a pretty good pull as far as the uh, weapons on there. I think yeah. I've got a, a fire brush weapon that's supposed to be like, it's been pretty OG, like, you know, overpowered OP 
all yeah. over the place. So, but uh, you know, I kind of you know, bum not bummed out, but you know, since we got back from uh, Evo, I haven't picked up Remnant two again, and it's a point that uh, you know, with packs coming up, I'm probably just going to stick with uh, my like you know standbys and not worry about because anything I playing between now and when we leave for packs it's like it's something to where i just want to be able to get some momentum on the game once i get back so i'll just handle it that way if need be so but that's pretty much all i've been playing these this last past week so all right Diz, what you been up to man yeah so uh i've been playing you know tower fantasy like joe says it's a like joe said it's really good really fun game uh but yeah i go in try to get you know i progress the story a little bit um the game has a lot of side events that you could do and it's constantly rewarding you for just turning on the game and playing um and it's not too hard so that's what i kind of like about it so um it looks good so it's a nice little time waster uh play division two with joe uh i i forgot how good that game is um it's a really good game. Like the systems on display there are really fun. Um, the cover mechanics, the the shade tech, the you know the the little drones and everything that you get, just fantastic. You know the game, the game. It's a fun game. You know, I, I think that is a really well-rounded, just fun experience. If you haven't played it and you're looking for you know a co-op you know, third person shooter, you can't go wrong with division two. Just just a fun just a fun little game. Yeah, there's uh, a ton of meat as far as the RPG mechanics and the shooting mechanics, cover yep. mechanics and whatever you want to call it. So Yep. And just just how you can build your builds. You know, if you want to do a like a tanky build or a tech build or a DPS build or combination of both and how and the type of um armor that you that you get uh reinforces those types of builds that you want. So there's like a lot of build diversity in the game as well. So <clears throat> very good game. Uh, also still playing Torchlight 2. Uh, it's that's my sort of go-to kind of like, you know, I'm just trying to cool off, uh, or, you know, just cool off after a long day, put that game on. Fantastic. Just, just love to just run a couple of, uh, run a couple of levels and just, you know, have fun with it. You know, I, I think it's one of the best CRPGs ever created. Just a really good, solid game. And I probably will continue to play it uh, Me too. for a long time to come. So, um, Also finally got into Wayfinder, finally. So uh, Wayfinder is a very... It's, a, it's an interesting game. Is it the best game? No. Um, it's an early access, so I'll give it a little bit of a pass for that. Uh, but it... I'm trying to think it you get three characters to choose from, but every character can use any weapon. So basically what you're doing is you're you're selecting a skin and a uh, a set of skills that that character can do. I picked the character Silos, black guy. He's a marksman, uh, but he has uh, he starts off with a gun and but you can. I was using a sword and shield and now I'm using twin daggers. And then you get different um, abilities that are, or different passives that are tied to 
your weapon of choice that you're using. And then you get these past things called echoes that you equip into yourself or your weapon to give you more um, uh, stats and bonuses to like your attack, your defense, and what not. Um, so there's a lot of systems in place and there's a lot of crafting. Uh, there's a room mechanic. Again, it is a free-to-play game, though I paid $20 for it for um, for the Founders Pack in order to give it a little bit of money. And I explained last episode why I did that. And after actually playing the game, uh, the game is just all right. Um, it's just all right. It looks great. Um, plays smoothly so far. I only got kicked out once. Um, but is it something that I will play long term? I don't think so. Um, am I dissuaded? Am I sad that I put, gave $20? No, absolutely not. Because I know that this is not the the completed game. So I will continue to check in on it from time to time periodically. But I do not think this is something that I will gravitate towards like every day or, or, or progress longer. Um, I probably will look into it whenever there's a big update or a big patch or something. And as, as the game progresses. But um, at this time, I probably will not be playing it um, all that much in the future. But I will check in, like I said before. Um, also played Cursed to Golf. <laughs> Cursed to Golf is a little, uh, cute little, uh, side-scrolling golf game in which you are a pro golfer and you get hit by lightning and then you get sent to, uh, golf purgatory uh, with other, you know, golfers. And if you play a perfect 18 hole, holes of golf, you will be resurrected. And so, but... The trick is there's tons of hazards and weird stuff that you have to do. And so it's like a it's a it's a side scrolling golf game and you have to with tons of like pitfalls. And there's only it's a great there's only three different clubs that you use with their different power and their stats. And uh, they have these things called like ace cards, which the ace cards will basically change up. Uh, how the the ace cards basically change up how the game plays so so you can like do one where you where you play a ace card and then you hit a button and it'll make the it'll 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 stop the ball in midair and it'll fall right to the ground so there's little cute little physics things that you can do there's ace cards that make the the ball split into three different uh projectiles and you can choose whichever one you want to go with so all these different little things and you have to um, you have to make it under par. Um, and if you do, great, you go on to the next level. Um, so it looks great. It's a funny little game. It doesn't ask much of you. If you just want to like play a nice little game of golf, uh, it's great. And I've, I've really enjoyed it. I played the um, tutorial um, and I'm on the first hole and I have not completed the first hole yet. So if you're thinking, oh, it's only 18, you know, holes of golf and then you're done. No, like the, the, the game's pretty difficult. So, um, but for a seasoned golfer like Joe, I think it should be fine, but, <laughs> but I, I, it looks really cool. And if you, it's on, you know, Nintendo, uh, switch as well as the, uh, uh, PlayStation. That's where I'm playing it on. And it's part of the PlayStation plus. So you can play it now for free if you want, you know, or for your, for the cost of your subscription. So it's definitely worth it. So uh, do another, you have to do you have to hit like a hole in one each no. hole? Is that nope. you, okay? No, nope. no. You just have to beat everybody else. 
no, no, no. It's just you're playing by yourself. There's no one else. It's just you playing oh, a man. playing a course, you know. But there's like these little statues that you hit, and it'll give you it'll give you more par points that you can use. There's different little hazards that you have to try to get into that will like little fans that blow your ball further. Um, so you just gotta kind of like land in the in the in the best try to land in the best scenario as you're as you're side scrolling, you know, from left to right and from right to left. So, but. But if you like golf games, I think it's definitely a, a fun take on, you know, a, the golf genre. And and it looks really good. The pixel art is really good in it. So really, I, th- I think you'd like it. Um, another game that I played is Midnight Fight Express. It was another free game that I downloaded. And uh, yeah, it is. You've played that, right, Kev? Midnight Fight Express? You played that? I, I have not. I yes. saw it uh, during the last, what was it, the... The E3, not E3 thing they did. Yeah. So and uh, that's all I know about it. Yeah. So it is a it is a straight up beat 'em up. I think you'd really enjoy it. You you start off as a sleeper agent, and this this weird thing is happening in the city, and you are awoken. And then as you progress, you you have this little drone fo- following you, and it's telling you different ways of 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 uh telling you what's going on and and how you have to like the people that you have to you have to beat up and all this other stuff and the the combo it's like it's like a um it's like sifu but 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 not sifu because you 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 want to be coming in on these people super fast and crazy um and it's a top down not top down it's like a like a you know uh three-quarter perspective yeah exactly like that quarter perspective as you're running through and just just the amount of moves that you can do in the parry system and i really thought that i wasn't gonna like it but it's actually pretty fun and even if you die you get you get this money and then every time you die you get you, you can go back and you can like you know unlock different types of things and when you beat a level you get a you get a perk point and you can, and basically your perk point is like you're remembering your skills. And there's different, there's like different skill trees that you could do, which which, in, which um, contribute to your parries, which contribute to your your fighting abilities. So it's actually pretty fun. And it's it's the the combo strings that you can do is really kind of fun. And you can run through and you can pick shit up and throw it at people. People throw it at you. You have to break guards. They can break your guard. Uh, you can pick up firearms, uh, which are very scarce and far between, um, and and you can basically change your appearance to whatever you want. Although you start off as like a you know generic white guy number one, but as you unlock, <laughs> seriously, but you know, but as you unlock, you know, you can start looking like different folks. So yeah, which is great. I'm running around with this like black guy with a giant afro with some like. You know, with, with some giant shades on, so you could basically run through and and just kick kick butt. You know, you just you just kick ass. And one of the good things about the game is is the levels aren't that long. You know, you can kind of run through, start kicking some butt, and then you just kind of move move through it. You know, so it's a fun little game. And if you have extra, I think it's definitely worth worth picking up. It it doesn't it doesn't. What I like about it is it doesn't ask for much. You know, you basically you go in. The tutorial is really quick, and then you just start kicking ass. You, literally, you just start whooping ass, and and it's a fun little game. It's a fun little game, so I really enjoyed it. Speaking it's of also fun, also on little, uh, Game Pass as well. Just to, 
There you go. Throw that aside. So. Cool. But speaking of fun games, the three of us actually played uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge together. And that was fun. Like, I had so much fun playing that game with you guys. Like, we have to definitely do that again. You know, that was... It, it really reminded me of, like, Turtles in Time and the, the old arcade uh, Turtles when there was, like, four people and you're running around together. And mm. that that game was fun. Like, I really enjoyed that game. And, and I like that you can change up uh, when you're doing your... Um, your multiplayer game, you can set up different uh, different uh, types of uh, options and, and whether good or bad, uh, kind of like uh, play play um, limitations or or boons in your in your um, in your play session. So I didn't turn anything on, but there's things where you can turn on where you know where the where where, where they're they're more aggressive, or you can turn on something where where they do more damage, turn on something where you do more damage. You, so you can turn up, you can turn up. Uh, where you, when you do your special, it takes away your health. Remember those? Remember, remember in those old games where you would do oh, yeah. your special and it would take away your health? You can turn that function on. So it's just little stuff like that that I was looking through that I just really enjoyed the game. Like it's it's really good. If you if you if you haven't played that game, and it's free too uh, on a on PSN right now, it's really worth it. And you know, get your friends together, uh, couch potato it up, and just have fun. You can play up to six people with that, um, and it's just it's just fun. Like it 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 it's classic arcade goodness at its finest. So definitely check it out if you haven't already. You know, and I know that Kevin, you're you're saying that you almost you got to the end of that game, but you haven't beaten it yet. Yeah, yeah I'm can, on the last level. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many levels there are, but I know that we we did like four or five of them, and it was just it was great. You yeah. know, such a good game, such a good game. Uh, and the last game that I played uh is Armored Core Six: Fires of Rubicon. Wow, uh, that game. Um, uh, I don't want to call it you know, armored souls, <laughs> but, or souls core, uh, but, uh, or dark core, uh, but that game, whoa. Um, I guess FromSoft just has it in their DNA to make, you know, hard as balls kind of, kind of, uh, games because I tell you that game, you know, you don't got nothing and you have to fight the first boss and, that first boss was a Moten Gator. If I tell you, it was whoo! Like I was like, <laughs> "Are you kidding me?" You know, because like it's so counterintuitive what you're supposed to do with this against this boss, and and it's just like okay. And so like, I, it damn near took me like ten ten times, ten tries, you know, to beat it, and and I had to like look up something. You know, to find out. And this was the tutorial boss, y'all. Right? <laughs> this was the, the tutorial boss. And wow. I was like, what the hell? So got the conjure Timmy T up in this house, you know. Yes, I had I was giving it more than one more try, <laughs> sir. Like it was whoa. 
Woo, that game. So, and that was like the base mech before you do anything, you know? And so I was looking up stuff and people were saying like, you know, F this game, you know, <laughs> from software, don't know how to make no games. You know, they lied through their teeth, people destroying their controllers. And I'm like, it is not that serious. You know, I was annoyed by it, but damn, folks, you know, people are getting their refunds on Steam and I guess like 50 percent. So it's got like an 80, 84 rating on Steam, maybe a little higher now. But at like 50 percent of the reviews are like, you know, the first the first boss is so hard. I ain't got time for this. You know, so I was like, damn, I was like, damn. So but I feel them like I feel them. I really had to like. You know, and and it's I don't know if it's if it's get good or 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 what, (laughs) because I had some people like, well, I beat it on the first try. And I'm like, okay, And I have people that are like, it took me 30 plus tries, you know, and I had to heal myself every time. So, like, I guess your level of skill will vary. Um, I think that I'm a pretty competent player, but I was like, I am, but, <laughs> you know, so I don't know, like, I, I can't really give that much of a, of a, uh, uh, a review of it because I literally spent an hour trying to get past the tutorial boss. So <laughs> I can't, I don't know what else to say. Like, I literally like beat it. I beat that guy finally. And, like, I felt gratified. I was like, hell yeah. And then I immediately turned it off. And just was like, whew, you know? <laughs> so, I don't know. Day. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know. If, that's, if I, if I want to put that much effort into a game every single time I play it. So, I don't know. But, because then I'm thinking to myself, like, I didn't see a difficulty slider when I turned the game on. So, this is just it. Like there's, you can't turn, you can't change the difficulty. So it's like, this is what you were going to play. Like, so I'm like, well, okay. You know, I guess I better get good or, you know, not do it. I don't know, but, (laughs) but I'm very, I'm very. I believe in you, Desmond. I believe in you. Well, I, I want to hear your uh, thoughts, you guys. I know you both got it. So I want to hear your thoughts about it when you play the game. Cause I want to hear what you guys think about it, especially that first that first boss, that, that first tutorial boss, no less. I want to see how you guys like do, because man, oh man, oh man, oh man, like I'm not a I'm not a Souls player. Then don't get me wrong, it didn't feel like a Souls player, like it didn't feel like a Souls game where you had to like counter everything and you had to like move around. It's more frenetic than that, you know. You got like missiles coming at you, you got guns, you know, rounds coming at you. It's it's flying around, you know. Oh, and it cheats too. Like there's a battle arena and it'll fly out of the battle arena and you can't touch it. So I'm like, what kind of shit is that? So <laughs> I'm like, this game over here cheating, right? So, I don't know. I don't know. So, I I, I clearly want to hear y'all's opinion. And I clearly want to hear our listeners' opinions. So, if you've played it, let me know your thoughts. Because that game, whoa. If this is, if this is what's to come, I'll be reading a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of like playthroughs or something or a lot of guides because i don't know you know because me myself i love a good 
you know, mech customizations. Like, I'm here for the customization. Like, that's what I want to do. You know, I want to make really cool looking mechs. But if I got to, you know, pull like what little hair I have left out, I don't know if it's worth it. So, but we'll see. We'll see. You pull out them grays out of your beard. Thanks. You have nerves. <laughs> anyway, so that's what I've played. So I've, I'll kick it over to Kev. Kev, what have you been playing, sir? Uh, well, not much other than uh, TNMT, uh, which we played yesterday, and I played some more Final Fantasy 16. That's really all I've been playing, all I played this week. It's been a kind of a lousy week for gaming. I've just had, I've just had my my attention drawn in in like way too many different way too many different places in my downtime. So. Uh, but as far as Final Fantasy is concerned, I made it in the point in, in the story where a uh, pivotal action or a pivotal it was it's a pivotal story point with a one of one of the main characters in the game, and um, I'll just say that they did not just reserve the character development for Clive. That's and I'll good. just I'll just put it that way. It's it's actually um really really it it makes this character more integrated into into what's going on and how she has her own reasons for doing things. It comes to fruition at this at this uh, kind of like this fork in the narrative story and the fi- and not the final final boss fight, but the, the boss fight that uh, solves an issue. I have several I, I'm speaking very, very vague and and uh, in, in as vague terms as possible. I don't really want to spoil anything. There are several things you have to do in the main story point. Uh, in the in the in the narrative that uh, I've done two of them, so I've got two more to do. Uh, and the second one is where um, this other character makes a the development just skyrockets for her, and you really get an insight as to what all she had to do in the times that uh, she was not part of Clive's party, so to speak. And that's all that's all I'll say. Uh, brilliant game. Still loving the combat. Still loving the the overall our, uh, Final Fantasy-ness of it all. Um, it, it's just I, I just wish that I had more more time to devote to it because it would have been finished <laughs> by mm-hmm. now, but uh, it's just I got a whole bunch of other stuff going on. So that's really it for my gaming week. So we're going to push on to our next topic on our docket, and that's going to be our main event for this episode. All right, Dez, you got the mic, man. All righty. So... The main event question that we have for uh, for all of us, uh, uh, the three of us included, um, is 
And just to, just to reiterate, so the main event question, how we're doing it now, is we're gonna pose a, we're gonna pose a question, and the three of us are going to have a conversation about it, in the hopes that that will you know, ho- hopes that that will get some feedback from our listeners. So you listeners out there, if we say something or this question uh, resonates with you or something that we say resonates with you, please comment or and give your opinion on this topic as well, and then we will read those on our uh, vessel line and then respond to those uh, on our next show. So the question that we have is, uh, which company is the most important to gaming in 2023 and why? So this is coming off the heels of another question we asked and uh, that, um, let's see, I think uh, it was a Blue Man Rule? No, it was, um, I'll have to check later, but but I know one of our listeners asked a question about which company is is most important to gaming history. And so we wanted to see which gaming company is the most important in gaming now in 2023 and why. So I'm going to kick it over to uh, Jabroni because um, I know that he is super tapped in into uh, what video game companies are doing. He reads a lot of news and um and i want to open it up and say you can take it from many different angles you know is which company is most important in the terms of development in terms of marketing in terms of reach and scope of 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 what they're doing so there's many different angles that you can look at you know so i want to open it up to 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 joe and say which one do you think uh is the most important gaming in 2023 uh, for one thing before we move on, uh, Will D was the one that. Will D, the thank you, thank question. you. Yeah. So, but I'm going to take the angle on this, not f- talking about console manufacturers, uh, not talking about, um, you know, like companies like, you know, um, Steam, like uh, Valve, basically. But I'm thinking the probably the most important company or the company that's kind of driving. Uh, games in 2023 is actually going to be epic and it's because of the fact that um, a lot of companies have kind of gotten rid of or have stopped using bespoke internal like um, development tools on there to create their games that everything is seems like it's moving over to unreal engine 5 on there so and they've kind of cornered the market I hate to say on AAA development, good, bad, or indifferent on there. So, and, uh, you know, we are barely seeing at this point in 2023, like Unreal Engine 5 proper games coming out. But uh, the, these, this is the engine that basically all developers are more often than not are working with. There's only like a ha- you know, like a handful of companies, like maybe Ubi with the Snowdrop engine with Massive that they're working with and uh, of course with id software and so on and so forth but it seems like a lot of companies are just like you know even cd cd project red are uh, starting to work with unreal engine that they are getting rid of their internal uh, tools that they have been using in the past like when they developed the witcher 3 and whatnot so so that's basically what's going on and there's a lot of like you know growing pains because of the fact that um developers are having to get used to all the features with unreal engine 5 
you know, there's that recent, uh, um, if you go look out there, there's articles on Digital Foundry for that Immortals of Avium game that just came out from EA. Uh, yeah. That basically it was the first, like, full feature Unreal Engine 5 game that it was developed for modern consoles and for PC. And literally, it's like, um a lot of the features they were just like kind of choking uh the game in fact i know the xbox series s version was running like at a, such a low frame rate and what the uh the system is basically doing is up resing it to 4k on there so so and so they're trying to incorporate all the little bells and whistles all the little tweaks on there and it just seemed kind of crazy to think that you know a game could be you know with all these uh graphical fidelity uh, features and whatnot the fsr 2.1 uh temporal upscaling on there to bring it up to uh 4k output on here so and for what they took a look ps5 and series x for immortals of avium were uh running at like 720p but they're being upscaled based on the unreal engine 5 up to 4k using fsr2 uh basically it actually helped to make the game look you know great at 60 frames a second but you know problem is the series s is at a base like i think 768 by 436 on here which is kind of nuts in a way so you know, so that's what you're going to see. I think uh, right now it's just uh, a lot of gamers say they want 60 frames or bust. But guess what? Your 60 frames, especially with Unreal Engine 5, might not get there in the next few years. We'll have to kind of see, take it from there. I'm kind of more of, I'm a fan of developers actually coming up with their own engines because of the fact that they want to specialize in what they're doing and how they want the game to run and so on and so forth and to me just to have the whole industry kind of move to one bespoke uh platform of development uh, just kind of takes a lot of the uh individuality of um of development engines if need be you know like you know if you're gonna mess with a Crytek game you know uh, as far as you know Crytek which you know developed crisis and a, f a few other games I use the Crytek engine as well, you know. They have a certain kind of flavor to it. Same thing with id Software with uh, their development with Doom and Doom Eternal and so on and so forth. It seems like their individual engines had a certain way because it was designed for the games they wanted to create, you know. So, you know, Bethesda, you know, you know, God bless their hearts, you know, they develop uh, using their particular bespoke engine to make Skyrim and, you know, make other games as well. I'm not sure exactly if Starfield's running off Unreal Engine 5 or whether it's on a different... It's their, uh, I think it's on their in-house engine, I think. I think so, yeah. So it's just, that's where I think Epic is kind of coming into play. And uh, it just seems like every day you see more companies saying, okay, yeah, we're going to drop our own individual engines. We're moving to Unreal Engine 5 and dealing with that. You know, a lot of the Japanese uh, developers as well, you know, moving on instead of uh, making their own engine. Like I know the uh, team that did Yakuza, working on Yakuza 8, you know, uh, the Infinite Wealth 
title on there that they're you know exp- you know running Unreal Engine with that title as well. So their individual development engine has gone the way the wayside basically. They are uh, going in using Unreal Engine. So so I just I'm just wanting still to uh, especially if a company has the expertise to be able to do so. You know, they still kind of develop their own tools in-house the way they could, you know, get the tools that they want to use to create said game. So, you know, I'm grateful Capcom's still using their NT framework. You know, that's their main title in-house. I don't think they've gone over to Unreal all that much. So that's the development tools that they're using. And, uh, you know, I don't know how you guys feel about this subject, but I'm just wanting more... um, developers to kind of do unique things to differentiate between each other because otherwise then you're going to have ubi uh ea and other companies like that 2k and just basically using the same development engine and if the games are good the games are good but at the same time i want them to kind of have their own individual you know characteristics as well so well i I think one of the things that you're that you're speaking to or or fear that you're bringing up is uh homogeny you know and everything looking the same or feeling the same you know uh one of the good things that comes from that though and you may like this or not is the fact that if everything is standardized it it allows uh more people to get into the industry um and and when you have um something that's standardized like like a uh an engine a gaming engine and you learn that gaming engine it'll it really does allow you to be more uh, flexible in, in in determining where you're going to work. So, um, and also if if it is the biggest company um, and it has the it has the biggest sort of um, I guess I would say the biggest kind of reach, uh, then it allows you to uh, easily to troubleshoot and and to get uh, help if something doesn't work. Um, so I can understand why why they're poss- possibly wanting to streamline their um, their uh, their processes because it can cost a lot of money to to maintain your own engine um, when new software is being developed. Um, and again, I could. I'm not saying that it that it is or that it will, uh, but it could. So I, I can understand why they're wanting why people are wanting to do this, you know, but. I, I hope that it's it it I hope that it doesn't stifle creativity and like that's that's the thing that I hope that it doesn't do because that's the one thing that I that I worry about um, is is it becoming kind of this rote thing that now you know oh my god it's 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 gonna look like this or it's gonna look like that you know the same thing over and over again um, but but I do agree that. Um, Epic definitely has um, has cornered the market and people were were like, you know, oh, you know, screw Epic and blah, blah, blah and this and that. Uh, but you you can't really say screw them if, if all the games are being made by them <laughs> or, or their other engine, you know, so all the graphics and stuff like that. So uh, do you have any uh, thoughts about this, Kev? Um, I'm kind of kind of in the same thinking process is you i think with everything being under the same engine at least for at least from a third party perspective it's going to bring more creative 
entries into the market. Uh, I don't know if you've been following like some of the China hero development that PlayStation has been looking at and some of the the India hero development. I think that's what they're calling it. All of them are using Unreal. Yeah. And all of those games have their own look to have. I mean, I haven't played them yet. Nobody's played them yet because they're probably still very early in development. They all, while you might say that you can make the argument that they all have a certain look, they all seem to have a different feel. Okay. If that makes any sense. I mean, the care from character design to uh, color palette to. Uh, now, granted, there's a lot of these are beat em ups, which I mean, oh, gee, twist my arm there. Um, huh. But. They all seem they all have a different. Uh, there, there is a a different. Uh, I don't even know how to, how to say it because since it has since nobody's played them yet, they just have a, a different uh, air to them. A different aesthetic. For lack of a better, yeah, different. Uh, if that makes sense, you can tell that it's an Unreal. It's a, it's developed in Unreal because Unreal just has that look, but the characters are all different. The environments are different. I mean. Um, if you look at uh, if you look at Black Black Myth Wukong and uh, oh gosh um, Lost Soul Aside, both of those developed in Unreal, but they're complete. They're and they're both beat 'em ups, but their character design and environments are completely different. So I think it all boils down to talent. Yeah. And the talent, the, the you know, it's just like with everything else, the uh, the cream is going to rise to the top and the, the, you know, everything else is just going to filter into varying levels beneath that. I do like, I, I mean, I think, I wouldn't say that I would not like to see first party developers start scooping in on the Unreal thing because I think for first party should have the time and the development and the budget to develop their own tools to exploit whatever console that they are working on or that they are working under so that each game that comes from a from a first party studio has its own look Uh, like say like if you're looking at uh, horizon forbidden west and uh let's say let's throw in um um uh, what's that? The game, the game with Ellie and Joel. Um, oh, um, Last uh, of Us. Last of Us, the the Last of Us series. If you're if you're comparing Horizon and Last of Us, both of those are are were had engines developed by their first party studios, their own engines. You they had they have a completely different look. They're both third person adventure games. But they have a completely different look, completely different uh, um, aspect, character design, all that stuff. And as long as you have that in your first party, I think that's where engine, at least in my mind, engine differentiation is going to come into a greater play. 
third party, I'm willing to give them some slack just from just from the standpoint of, okay, we have to develop for all these different systems. On Xbox, we have to develop for a for a lesser version of the family of consoles that's already out. And they're insisting on parity, although I guess with with Baldur's Gate, depending on how big of a hit you are with the gaming public, you can, you know, Phil will will bend the knee a little bit there with regards to S parity. But for everybody else, we got to stick with the parity for our vision of this game. And so I see where having a standard engine, particularly if you're a smaller developer, and particularly if you're just ha- struggling trying to trying to to match all these different platforms so that you can so you can scale your vision appropriately across the board and still put out a, a good product. I can see where something like an uh, like the Unreal Engine do all be all you know one size fits all type of deal is beneficial in gaming development. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna poo poo it. I'm not gonna poo poo it at all really, because for what I've seen of the Unreal developed games, they look absolutely fantastic. So, yeah. Um, I, I just don't want to see that. I just wouldn't want to see that per- peripheriate amongst first-party developers. Yeah, um, yeah, I would have to agree. Uh, so for me, I think the most uh, the company is most important to gaming right now. I would have to say, um, and I know people are going to be like, you know, really, you really think that they are? But I would just have to say it's Sony. You know, and the reason why I say it's Sony is because they're the one to beat, you know, in in the console space. And I'm specifically talking about console space is um, is Sony. I think that they they are a company that is sort of paving the way of of what future like console editions are going to to be about and what, what they're going to look like. Um, I think when you look at Sony and what they're doing and how they're handling their business, that is something that uh, I want to say others want to aspire to. But I definitely feel that those are the ones that people are basically like, OK, you know, what's Sony doing? You know, what how can we compete with Sony? You know, what's Sony bringing to the table? Um, what Sony's not bringing to the table is that that weird ass um uh thing the 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 two hundred dollar thing that's coming out right now uh, i really think that the kevin portal was, yeah i think kevin was right on that they got they had some leftover stuff and was like well, we can just put this and try to make something out of it and sell it to whatever's gonna buy it so but uh but again that's that's them looking at at a, an opportunity and and putting it out on the market and i think when you're a market leader you have the ability to do that um, you have the ability to look at something and say, oh, this is probably going to be shit. But, eh, you know, who who do we who are we fighting against? You know, they're literally fighting against themselves in order to be the best. Um, and they can take those chances. Um, and, and they definitely are uh, when you think about it. So I think Sony 
is in a very good space right now. They are able to leverage who they are uh, in order to um, be like to basically to, to set industry standards. And I think when you're able to do that, that is a, a very strong position to be in. Uh, but again, that's specifically for uh, for consoles. So if you're talking about like mobile, then you got like Tencent. If you got, you know, uh, peripheries, you probably got like Nintendo, you know. But but specifically for consoles, I would definitely say uh, Sony is is the company to to beat. Um, I really and, and, and I really and, and one one way you can tell that. Is because of the um, the, the the acquisition that just happened uh, with uh, Microsoft. When Microsoft is basically saying that you know we can't beat Sony, we can't you know fight with them. We're number three. We're this and that. You know when 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 you have the ability to play that that card and people be like feel sorry for you and they're like oh damn you know we really got to help them out. That that says a lot. You know, that that says a lot to me anyway. So I think that their system, uh, for lack of a better word, is just is just a better. It's better integrated. Um, it's it's definitely um, it's definitely forward uh, f- future future forward. I was thinking um, that. Uh, Microsoft would have done that with their X, and I think that they that's what they were betting on. But when it came down to it and you really started looking about what's going on, that 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 just wasn't that that wasn't the truth. And I think that's what really pissed a lot of people off, you know, is because they were, you know, constantly trying to keep it okay um, and keep this feeling of um, what's the word Uh, consumer uh, happiness or something. Uh, the, I think it's satisfaction. The, yeah. Well, well, you, you know, when you, when you're trying to, you know, uh, play, play 100% of the, 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 I think the problem was, uh, Microsoft was trying to play the play 100% of the field. You know, they, they're trying to catch everybody, you know, and by doing that, they alienated everybody instead. Um, so I think they were trying to appeal to way too many markets, uh, with, uh, with the uh, with the series X's, and uh, they just couldn't keep it up. So, but again, to answer the question, I think Sony is the is 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 the most important and the one to beat right now. Um, um, and I don't know if any other, I don't know if any other uh, company console manufacturer can do that right now. I just I just I just don't see it. Like I really don't see Nintendo doing it, even if they were to announce a. Um, uh, a switch pro i just don't think that it would be enough to to cast any kind of doubts on on um uh sony's ability capabilities i just don't think that it has the ability because i don't think that i don't know i, I just don't think that nintendo was running that same that same race as anyone else like nintendo is for whatever reason nintendo just is, is in their own lane and that's that's what they do so but uh, but yeah, that that's my that's my uh, answer to that question. Uh, any of you guys want to add on to that? Um, yeah. Well, for that that there the that's my answer to that question. 
uh, and primarily just because they make games I want to play. Yeah. I, I'm keeping it purely subjective. Uh, they make games I want to play. Mm. And they made for, for, you know, I have not agreed with every deci- corporate decision that they've made. Uh, not that not that they have to run anything by me. I mean, I don't know anything about running multi-billion dollar corporations. And obviously they do because their their quarterly reports keeps trending up and up and up. So somebody's doing something right over there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing that I have to give them a whole lot of credit for is that they're keeping the hardware the focal point and in this day and this day and age in which one company wants to and and i think it just comes back comes down to the fact that sony if you want to break it down to nuts and bolts is a hardware company and microsoft when you break it down to nuts and bolts is a software company they want they want to they want to own the living room. I mean, I know that's an old term now, but everything that they're developing, every peripheral that they come out with, has the PS5 as the hub of all of that. You need the place. You need to have a PlayStation in order for all this subsidiary stuff to work. And a lot of people don't like that. A lot of people feel that it's limiting. And in a way, it is limiting. But when you don't, when you don't have a a um, when you don't run server farms, when you don't have the number one office office uh, uh, software in the world, when you don't ha- when you're not making the number one um, uh, what do you uh, operating system. In the world, you have to go with what is what has made you has taken you as far as you have gotten <laughs> thus far, and that's your hardware. I mean, they've made cameras, they've made video equipment, they they're in the movie business, they are in the creative field. So hardware with 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 regards to console just kind of fits in that mold. And while they don't, they cannot touch Microsoft's war chest, they do have that experience in hardware. And they want to make sure that for you to build the excitement in their, in, in their ecosystem, that the PS5 or, you know, is it, well, the PS6, the PS5 Pro or whatever else comes down the pike, that console, whatever, whether it's the current one or any future one, is going to be the hub point for your entryway into that ecosystem. And I like that. Uh, uh, I'm a console guy. I'm not going. I, I'm not going back to PC. I mean, I have a PC. I've dabbled in it. It's just not for me. I, I'm 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 just kind of done with that with that space right now. I just want to be able to turn on a box and slap a disc in and play. Uh, and I think they and I and I know that they're looking at the 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 writing on the wall and they see how 
when you have a war chest the size of a, of a trillion dollar market cap company, cap company like Microsoft, things don't go your way. You just buy up the resources. And that's exactly what they're doing. I mean, we can say, oh, you know, we can all make people making excuses for why Microsoft had to do. Microsoft didn't have to do this. Acquisition was the fastest route toward market parity that that they have. They don't have to invest in anything outside of cash to have content available in in their in their in the in their uh, uh, on the in their economy in their in their store space and I'm my brain's not working today so I'm not a, I'm no. kind of at a loss for words but now we're getting you yeah they're they have to buy uh, it, it's like I can't if we're playing b-ball and you're whooping my ass every time I I, I step on the court well then I'll just buy the court. And I'll buy the court next door and I'll buy the other court and I'll buy all the balls and I'll buy all the the the, the jersey the manufacturers. And I can and eventually because I own the sources of of the material that makes what the, the game of basketball function, you got no choice but to but to come to me. And I think that's what Microsoft wants to do. Uh, and you know Satya Nadala has unlocked the keys to the kingdom for Phil, and as long as they can show some sort of, uh, granted they're losing money, but they're still making more money than they ever have. You know, granted Microsoft is super secretive about their their actual financial numbers. As long as that continues to go. They, he will have, continue to have access to that money, and that I think is the problem. So I think Sony's going to ride the traditional model for as long as they can, uh, until Microsoft just buys up enough of the of the industry where they're forced to change course. And I, I just think that's that's the reality that we're looking at. So. Uh, as of right now, I think the the number one. Uh, uh, company moving gaming forward in 2023 would be would be Sony as well. So, I mean VR. I mean I'm not buying VR. I can't use VR. But making a making a VR headset accessible to a console to console users, that's pretty significant. Now you can say, well, it's it's too expensive. It's like, yeah, well. Not very little of this VR stuff is cheap. If you want one that's worth a damn, anyway, from just from from what I've from what I've you get what you pay for. Uh, so, as long as they keep doing that, you know, I think that's that's where I'm going to be satisfied as a customer. Yeah, you have anything to add to that, Joe? Oh, as far as the discussion, yeah, Sony is definitely stirring the drink as far as consoles are concerned um my only kind of discussion about how sony has been is i haven't been as much of a fan of uh scie uh after jim ryan came around i kind of miss sean Layden. i miss like adam boys and the prior administration you know as far as the prior leadership because it seems like uh 
lately, it just seems like everything is so calculated as far as uh, we're going to mine our IPs for other opportunities, like, you know, as far as uh, multimedia and that kind of thing. Uh, it seems like I haven't, haven't seen a lot of, like, uh, first-party Sony titles other than sequels, you know, God of War, Ragnarok, and whatnot, how, you know, how great it was and whatnot, but that uh, they're not, like, you know, kind of pushing forward with a lot of first-party stuff right now, and just maybe I'll have to wait to see how everything comes out in the wash, and, uh, but, like, VR2 uh, seems like it, the launch was kind of haphazard at best, even though they have brought up quite a bit of titles if need be it's just i'm kind of questioning with this whole like you know uh all this call of duty business with uh, microsoft and activision and you know all the game and chip and that kind of thing so you know i could say microsoft's probably the biggest disruptor in the space right now i don't think they're the the company like per se stirring the drink if need be but they, they are definitely uh carving their own path however you know ill-advised as far as disrupting this market you know so on there but uh, i'm you know i it's still in the end i mean sony has a lot of good initiatives they're, they're like third-party outreach to get like uh, exclusives for the system and stuff that they show at the usual playstation like state of play and or a playstation showcase i still think that you know they're working i mean obviously they're uh, working with the like companies like miho to bring out like Genshin and other like Asian titles like Kevin alluded to with the uh, Asian hero project and that kind of thing where they are kind of trying to evolve and, and see uh, what, what markets can bring forth content for PlayStation. So, so and I think that's way better than, you know, Microsoft because Microsoft wants to do a lot with games pass, but they haven't really proven that as of yet. So, mm-hmm. so 100% just, agree. Yeah, and if they bring the if Microsoft brings the business, you know, so be it. But it just seems like it's a it's a dog and pony show. It seems. So. Yeah. So uh, you had mentioned that that was your uh, Sony was your answer to to that to, to the question. Is that correct, Kev? Or did yeah. you have? Okay. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agreed. You know, I agreed, and um, I would love to hear what our listeners uh, have to say uh, about about what we said and, and who they believe the most important company is in 2023 and why. So again, if anything is if anything that we said has sparked your uh, thoughts and you want to add to this conversation, we'd really love to hear it. Uh, please message, please put something in our Discord and we'll read it and uh, respond to it on our next episode. Um, and uh, stay tuned toward the end, uh, to the end, because Kevin will tell you how to do that. But you know what comes next. It's the Jabroni Game and News. Thanks, Dez. Uh, you're welcome, Joe. Of course, Jabroni Gaming News, episode 220. So, uh, of course, uh, what happened this past week, there was a lot of... Uh, shenanery because of gamescom you know so there's quite a few things announced uh, me and des got together on tuesday and, and kind of watched the keelys the uh, opening night live uh, at the gamescom event on there so we happened to watch it after because it showed at like uh, 11 a.m at least specific standard time and so it's like <laughs> 
I ain't got no time to take off work to watch Keeley and all that wonderful business. So as much as I would like to, but, uh, you know, it gives me an opportunity to fast forward if need be. And I think we both appreciate the fact of being able to fast forward. Right. I was very appreciative that we were able to try to, to, um, fast forward through Gamescom because it was really long in the tooth. <laughs> yeah. And I, I like, I don't know, like he, he totally comes off like a shill, but like he's fine, you know. What are you he, hating he, on Jeff? I know. What, like, what Jeff do to you? That's, 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 that's the, the thing. thing. It's like he's just he's just this guy that's out here trying to make a living. You Hustling, know? getting those uh, advertisements, uh, yeah. getting that money, and getting these Shit exclusives, man. and yeah. So I feel him. You you get your money, sir. Listen. <laughs> Now, one thing about Gamescom opening night live is I don't know if I was going to wait till the end to mention this, but uh, they had another invader onto the stage. So so there was some audience participant that came up on stage and repeated, Bill Clinton wants to play GTA 6, like, I think, five (laughs) different times. Before he was removed by security, and then he was lambasted by Jeff Keighley, uh, indicating that, you know, this is such a great event, and, like, we're celebrating gaming, and you're over here, you know, this, he, he had to add, that's just so disappointing. This is such a special night for so many developers. It's really disappointing to see someone yeah. act that way. I was like, thanks, Dad. <laughs> really, it's just so sad to me that something like this can happen on a night where we're here to, here to celebrate games in this community and how much they mean to us. How many, how much they make me money. But <laughs> Like, Jeff, calm down, sir. It's okay. It's like I a, don't know. You know, just, taking a bad politician. Know. So, but He doesn't know. No, Bill yeah. might be sitting there at the Hillary. Hillary, I got to play GTA. Where is it? Well, I guess this guy. Where's my GTA? Where's my GTA, Hillary? This individual may be the same person who uh, crashed a German football TV show to talk about Grand Theft Auto. So. (laughs) So he also crashed another TV show, I guess. uh, You know, a soccer uh, show to talk about Grand Theft Auto Six. So you know. Someone is obviously not doing their jobs. He should be on it. He should be on a no-fly list. Okay. Yeah. Can, can 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 I say something really quick here? Of course. I am very conspiracy minded. Okay. I will put on a conspiracy hat in a second, and I am somewhat tempted to do so here. Okay. You have the biggest the biggest gaming event in in Europe. I think that's what Gamescom is, right? Yes. Yes. That's okay. Correct. Um, a lot of money poured into this. Okay. Lots. You have yeah. you have security, you have checkpoints. You, I mean, we experienced a lot of that at Evo, at, at Evo this year, walking through things, making sure. I mean, there were people walking around, making sure everybody was was staying in their seats. You know, some people were clearly security. Some people, I'm sure, are walking around, planes closed, just keeping an eye on stuff. A part of me wants to think that the first year was completely, that was just random. But a part of me wants to think that this might be, could be possibly uh, 
quote unquote arranged like this is this is the Keeley thing. If it happens at the Game Awards, I am I am I am getting my my conspiracy hat size to my to the size of my head. Because if it happens again, it's like, look, how many times does this have to happen on your show before you just can't tell me that you you can you you can't you just cannot tell me that you can't keep some dude from walking up onto a stage in an arena that has probably hosted some of the biggest performing acts over the years, keeping screaming teenage girls from rushing the stage for a Michael Jackson concert, but you can't keep some yokel off the stage to talk about Bill Clinton and and, Drenth and GTA 6. I, 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 I'm struggling. I'm struggling to, to 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 see how that is so difficult with the logistics that go into planning these big events like that. Um, so I'm I'm still willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that this was just some dude who was making getting his 10 seconds of internet fame. Uh, I think the diatribe that Jeff went into was really unneeded. Oh my I God, mean, it was. Nobody, nobody was hurt. Nobody was punched, stabbed, or shot. So let's not act like like this was a tragedy that has taken place <laughs> that has yeah. smirched the good name of video games. Um, but if it happens at the Game Awards, I'm going to think something's up. That this agree. is just the Keeley thing. This is a this is just the Keeley thing. I'm I'm going to give him this one. But if it happens again, I'm not buying it. Imagine if these jokers showed up in the next Kojima game or something. I think that would be just like. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, you never know, though. You know. You know, yeah. and and if this guy has uh, this guy already did something about said something like that at a, at a at a soccer tournament or something earlier. It's just like this. Like how you know, PR did, did yeah did PR talk to somebody with this guy? I mean I'm you know again, hey you know I'm not casting any any you know, it's just very odd. Yeah. I'll just say that it's very well, odd. But I know again, I know Bill Bill Clinton kid from the Game Awards has two hundred thousand YouTube followers now, but hey, that well there you go, secretly in league with Jeff Keighley. <laughs> It after just show, seems way too coincidental. To after me. the show, he's, you see him paying Jeff Keeley. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. If it happens at the Game Awards, I'm I'm I will completely subscribe. You can you know, I will put on my Blaze hat uh, at, at that point and mm. be like, yeah, I'm 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 all in on the conspiracy. Mm. Well. Let's go and talk about some of the news from this past week. Uh, some Gamescom related, some announced prior to that. Um, as talked about earlier in the show, uh, PlayStation did finally unveil uh, the PlayStation Q has an actual official name. It's called PlayStation Portal. It is a remote play device that's going to launch later this year for $199.99. So it's like a DualSense controller with a LCD screen on it. We've talked about this thing before. 
Um, but they announced that this uh, device will not support um, playing games over t over the internet. This is strictly going to be a uh, remote play device for your home that if you need an additional screen to play PlayStation on, that's available to you on here. So it's going to connect remotely over to your PS5 over Wi-Fi on there and that uh, they are working on a particular codec uh, called PlayStation Link uh, that will help link not only um, your PlayStation 5 to the PlayStation Portal in a um, way that uh, is better as far as fidelity is concerned and as far as the connection, but they also uh, are bringing out two new audio devices. They have a PlayStation Pulse Elite headset and Pulse Explore earbuds that are coming out as well. The PlayStation Pulse Elite headset is going to be $149.99. And then the PlayStation Explore earbuds will be $199.99. So another cool thing about the headsets, though, is that you're able to pair it to multiple devices. So the uh, both both headsets, both the headset and the earbuds come with a dongle, but you can buy additional dongles and pair them, basically. So you don't have to keep pl uh, pulling out your dongle to pair it with multiple devices. So just in case, like, say, if you want to use it for your... Uh, PlayStation Portal, they would link, you know, via, you know, PlayStation Link, but like say if you have two PS5s in the house or a PS4 or PS5, you could buy multiple dongles and basically pair them with each on there so that you could, you know, use one device throughout the house if need be. Or even if you want to put it on your PC or other device, you can do that as well. So, so uh, both the uh, PlayStation... Uh, PlayStation Pulse Elite headset and the Pulse Explorer earbuds use planter magnetic drivers as well. So it's a technology that Sony, I guess, is getting into that the other headset manufacturers have used, like Audeasy, on there. And so, you know, we'll have to see how everything comes about. Uh, I know that the PlayStation... Pulse Elite headset looks similar to the Elite headset that they brought brought out previously. I mean, the Pulse headset that they brought out previously. It does have a mic that pulls out, though, this time, so it's not embedded in the actual unit itself on there. And um, supposedly it will be a better headset, obviously, with the Elite title on there, so... But uh, any excitement, you guys, over either headset? I know you mentioned, I think, previously on the podcast that both of you were interested in the earbuds, possibly. Are you interested in the earbuds at the one ninety nine ninety nine price point? No. I'll still I'm like certainly not. I'll still I, get them. I'm not. I, yeah, I, I'll, I'll pay. I paid $300 for a pair of earbuds. So, yeah, that's... that's. I, I need... I, I, that's not... I, I need a discount. So if Joe can find him on a discount, then <laughs> maybe. But if Joe can't find him at a discount, then I probably will be passing on them. I just yeah. that's a lot. That's a lot of money. Oh, I mean, there's I, always the five five finger discount, but you know. Why would you say that? I don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the idea of earbuds more so than over the ear. Um, oh. I headphones agree. because I, I feel that I'm if uh, if my wife needs to get my attention for something or something comes up 
it's just when I have these headphones on, have headphones on, I just feel more auditor auditorily isolated. Uh, and earbuds, I it's just way it's just much easier to hear the ambient sound uh, going on around me. So that's why I'm I'm rolling with the with the earbuds on this one. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm interested in either headset. I do have the Pulse headset, but uh, I kind of dabble with the different headsets, as Des and Kevin both know. I'm always, I'm on a different headset. Do I sound okay? It's like, <laughs> might, as well just, just sound, might as well just have that as a soundbite, because it's like literally half the time when we get into a party chat on PSN, that's me always like, you know, <laughs> going I got a new headset. <laughs> How do I sound? <laughs> can you hear me? Hello. Yeah. I can hear you, Joe. Okay. <laughs> Stop breathing in the. <laughs> Stop breathing. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes Des's yes ears are sensitive with my mics. My mics sometimes are a little bit uh, a little bit too uh, uh, exact, I guess. You know. So, <laughs> too exact. Yeah. Yes. So, so how are you guys feeling on the portals price? Oh, I will not be getting it. Nope. I mean, it's a good price for what it is. I mean, uh, if I had the um, issue to where I wanted to be able to play uh, PlayStation games, if someone's using the TV, if need be, um, that I think it would be a device that I could think of uh, a use for, you know, possibly like to play games in bed, but you know, with me and my setup right now, no, I'm cool. You know, it's like if I was able to play on the go, maybe, but the problem is, is that, um, you know, unfortunately this device is not compatible with uh, cloud gameplay. And I was surprised that they were limiting it just to remote play, but we'll have to see if maybe there's an update later on in the mix. So oh, you can't do that, so. you can't use your your cell phone as a hotspot and connect to uh, your PlayStation that way. It doesn't sound like it. No, it's strictly through remote play. So I thought yeah. remote play could be accessed through your through a through a uh, cellular hotspot. Mm-hmm. I, I think it might be able to, yeah, but it's not going to be um, um, able to do the cloud streaming that they have. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So then you're literally, you would literally be walking, if the purpose of having this, this portable device is just to walk around your own house. Yes. Which makes no sense to me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I will say that the price point is, I, I feel that you're within that um, that impulse buy range for a tech device of this sort. So I think that was good on them for coming for not coming in because I I think the initial price was like three hundred bucks, which I thought was just if you if, if it's not if it's not Vita two, don't even think about coming in at that high. So I would have preferred something like one fifty, mm-hmm. especially now that it's not cloud compatible. I think that would be even better. But uh, I mean, I wasn't going to buy it anyway. But um, I think that's that that's a fair ask, particularly when you're getting haptic feedback and all that stuff from the Dual Sense on it too. So uh, I, think I do think we're that's gonna, fair. I do think we're going to see it. 
I think we're going to see it lowered on like a Black Friday deal or get something like that. We'll we'll be able to see it lower. That's that's what I believe anyway. Yeah, I'd be curious once the system comes out or the peripheral, I should say. So, so, but uh, you know, I'll yeah. leave it to like people like you know, like if Alfred from GH Radio uh, likes remote play quite a bit and uses it, you know, and there's other um, people out there that kind of get. Uh, a lot of case use out of it, you know, especially if they have multiple people in the house, they want to get away, maybe go play, uh, not on the TV, but in another room or on the couch or that kind of thing, you know. I'll test it at your house, so we'll see how it is. That just seems like an awful small use case sample yeah. size. Oh, it does. Like really small. It's like I, I was thinking you could at least take this thing on like a commute. And nope. use your phone as a hotspot and and do it that way, uh, but, yeah, but I you, mean that's such still, a small. You, you could still do that, but it's the problem is, is you have to connect to your personal PS5. So yeah, but I mean that. if you're if you keep your PS5 in standby mode, it's accessible online though. Yeah, well, I'll I mean, see how it, how well it is on the go or not because yeah. I'm assuming a lot of it. They said it's not you know able to use the cloud streaming service on there so See, yeah. mm-hmm. and i think that's a big that's mm-hmm. that's that's that doesn't that move does not make any sense to me at all it's gonna have to really see once the um unit does come out as far as how people are using it out in the wild and if they're just using it for home use or you know, if it's updated later, so you could play some of the cloud streaming that they are working on introducing. Then there. So now another thing that we did mention earlier in the show, but uh, during Gamescom, Baldur's Gate 3 is now coming to Xbox, and uh, basically it's a point that uh, they negotiated. It was a tweet from uh, Larian uh, CEO developer on there um, that it was tweeted that they t- sat down and talked to Phil Spencer. There was the CEO, uh, Swev Binky on here. He uh, basically tweeted out that uh, super happy to confirm that after meeting Phil Spencer yesterday, we found a solution that allows us to bring Baldur's Gate 3 to Xbox players this year still, something we've been working towards for quite some time. On here, all improvements will be there with split-screen co-op on Series X. Series S will not feature split-screen co-op, but will also include cross-save progression between Steam and Xbox Series consoles. So, so I guess you know the whole die, die in the sand as far as we need to have all games with feature sets on both Series S and X, like Kevin was alluding to kind of went the way of the dodo on there so so it was a sticking point to where you know they wanted to release this game on xbox day and date on series x but because the fact they weren't able to get split screen working on the series s they had to kind of say no we can't bring it out because of this reason and so they kind of let the details of that be known to everyone kind of as a talking point and this should have really been hashed out months prior. They should have agreed to this and not had this be a big to-do and announce where Larry and CEO and Phil Spencer are talking talking directly on there and, uh, you know, trying to act, you know, as a goodwill component. Yeah, that's, that's good drama right there, sir. Yeah, it is good drama, so. You know, oh, oh my God, oh. Phil is Phil is so consumer friendly. Oh, yeah. Thanks, why Phil. did it happen to begin with, though? So. Thanks, Phil. 
And he threw him under the bus in his little in his interview with IGN, you know, saying that, well, obviously they're they're focusing their their attentions on other aspects of the game. It's not the Series S. That's the problem. It's not the hardware. It's where they're focusing their attention. So putting the, the cause of this whole debacle on Larian and I have a feeling that somebody is like, uh, get Mr. Spencer on the phone. You want this damn game on your system or not? Pretty much. You know, after I swear to God, after those reviews came in, they were like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when the when, I mean, this game, I mean, I'm not buying it. It's not my type of game. But this game is literally setting the collective gaming community on fire. Yep. Right now, with with people talking about the level of quality in in this game, and I think once those once those numbers and reviews start piling in, um, and then Phil not being aware of this or thinking that you know, well, let me let me still let me still do my job as and and make an excuse for this uh, whack ass Series S that we put out. I think he got a call. And it was just like, do you want this game on Xbox or do you not? We're not waiting. After after what you just pulled, we're not waiting. There's and I'm sure it was much more much more kind and uh, uh, a corporate uh, co- uh, you know co- corporate pleasantries that were involved in that. But I think that's pretty much what it possibly could have boiled down to. Yeah, there was a statement from Phil uh, talking to Eurogamer on Wednesday, and this is his quote. It says, we're taking feedback from devs, including Larian. I met with them yesterday to talk about it, and I'm confident we're going to find a good solution, and we're going to learn. I don't see a world where we don't drop mm. S. In terms of parody, I don't think you've heard uh, from us or Larian that this was about parody. I think that that's more that the community is talking about it. Mm, what else could it be then? Larian was the ones that said that it was. Uh, yeah, uh, there yeah. are features that ship on X today that do not ship on S, even from our own games like ray tracing that works on S. That's not on S in certain games, so that's what he stated. So, but see that talk, talking out of both sides of his mouth. That's not. <laughs> yep. a, oh gosh, this guy. Um, really, maybe Phil is the is is the most important company company in two th- in 2023 because this man, the, the 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 he can I mean he can speak out of the left side the right side open his whole mouth. <laughs> go go and look on Twitter and Phil was like publishing pictures with like you know users at Gamescom and it looked like he's just like he just had this shifty eye like used carsman sales <laughs> like sh- you know like grin like you know like like sitting there smiling and so it's I wonder, who he is I wonder it's whether he's he really thinking on the inside you know so. probably like damn I gotta be here and, ugh, and yeah. jet lagged gotta talk to these and this is why I don't understand people. the cult of personality around these executives it's like I, I I don't care. It's like you're not gonna. I'm not gonna be on your Christmas card list. You're not gonna be sending me a, an email on my birthday. Why? Why this this celebrityism around corporate suits 
in the gaming world. I have not been able to figure that out. I haven't. It's. I think it's clout. It's fun. I mean, the whole Reggie thing, you know. It's clout. It's well, clout. But I mean, did we really see Reggie going around and and, and making tattoos and 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 signing ass cheeks or whatever it is that that goes <laughs> on at these, you know, at these Xbox uh, ex- expos? I mean, they're getting tattoos. People getting Phil Spencer's portrait tattooed on their bicep. This is literally what's going on there. I didn't see that happening with Reggie. Now maybe I missed it, but I didn't see that. I, I'm. It is just very odd that that this this corporate um this, this corporate cult of personality, cult of celebrity, corporate corporate celebrityism. It's just weird. It's weird. I, I I I don't I don't understand it. I don't get it. Yeah, don't know. I you know I don't care what Jim Ryan does. I'm not getting no tattoo of Jim Ryan. No. <laughs> so, or no. of Sean Layden or whoever else. Yeah, show doesn't hey, matter she who. Did. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't matter who. I got one. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, I, I, I didn't. <laughs> All right. Sean Layden. Games- Sean Layden, my favorite. <gasps> but other Gamescom news announced during the uh, Gamescom opening live, uh, they had a big um, reveal of Cyberpunk 2077. So um, Phantom Liberty is coming out, and uh, basically what they revealed is that the uh, 2.0 update that's coming out with Phantom Liberty uh, has all sorts of new story content, and um, basically, even if you don't buy the expansion, the game will receive all sorts of improvements on here. So, so there's a ton of new enemies. There's new weapons like guns and blades will be added. New perks have been redesigned. There's all new animations in the combat on there. There's even vehicle combat in the game from what they showed in the trailer on there. So, um, and it looks, you know kind of pretty cool it's coming out on uh september 26th the 2.0 update so and the uh, paid phantom liberty expansion will also be available on that day as well so maybe the game is finally going to be to what cg project red wanted to really be on there you know i have not played cyberpunk 2077 at all and i might go into it after this update just you know going with a fresh perspective because you know i've throw all the negatives that happen with the launch away and see what kind of game it is and go from there so That's i think i picked it picked it up for like eight bucks you know so Same i think here. it's worthy of a el cheapo purchase here i bet you anything you probably can't pick this game up for eight bucks anymore but not after know. this <clears throat> definitely not after this uh this update that they're that they're getting ready to do yeah, I really believe that this is this is the cyberpunk game that we're probably supposed to, we're supposed to get, you know, way back in the day. And I think we all know the reason why we didn't get it, but but I think this was the one that we were supposed to have. So I uh, I really want to see what what they have uh, in the in the um, cooking for us. So I definitely will try this one out. Any uh, thoughts on this, Kev? Or are you gonna go to play cyberpunk or nah um if i can if i can find the base game cheap like for black friday i'll, I'll dip into i'm not expecting an eight dollar 
price point because I, I wasn't about to spend money on this game in its state uh, prior. Uh, I just I just wasn't going to do that, even at eight dollars. <laughs> so I do not blame you, sir. <laughs> you so. were smart to, to wait. So uh, I will see how much the base game is around Black Friday time and make a decision at that point. There's just so much available to play by the time by the you know moving into that time frame that uh, it it might it might find it, it it's going to be difficult to make space for that game. I'll put it that way. I don't blame you. Yeah. I'll definitely I'll check to see the old brick seeks and see if there's any Walmart clearance happening with that bad boy. So mm-hmm. let you know, you know, bring back the old jabroni like clearance uh, bonanza. <laughs> also at Gamescom, though, this is another uh, thing that kind of came out of the blue. Um, Atari 2600 Plus was announced at the show. So. Um, so this is a basically a re-release of the 2600 console, but it is like a, a mini console, but it's smaller than the 2600. But it literally looks like a exact replica of the original wood trim 2600 from back in the 80s on there, and it actually has a um, HDMI uh, output in the back to be able to play on modern TVs, and so. The system itself is going to be priced at $129.99, which is kind of pricey in my mind, but you yep. know, it just depends on your, if you know, um, attraction, nostalgia. nostalgia towards the 2600. So this system, even though it's a 2600 base system, will play the majority of Atari 2600 and also will play 7800 cartridges as well there's a compatibility chart on there showing which games will work i think they said like about 98 percent of all the carts for 2600 and 7800 will work on this system on here so and uh, uh basically you're able to use this to play on modern tvs and, and actually from the footage i've seen from gamescom looks kind of cool on there so there is a 10 in one cart that comes with the system as well that includes adventure combat dodgem haunted house maze craze missile command real sports volleyball surround <laughs> video pinball and yars revenge on there so they're also selling a separate paddle controller for 39.99 which will come with a four in one game cart that includes Breakout, Canyon Bomber, Night Driver, and Video Olympics on there. And there's additional standalone cartridge games, including Berserk and Mr. Run and Jump, uh, which will be available for 30 bucks each. I know some people were barking the fact that, why should I pay $30 for a collector's edition when I could go and buy them at a thrift store for a dollar or two apiece? So, you know, that, and buy them at a thrift store for a yeah, thrift store, you know. Like, I don't see the if they're compatible. <laughs> they are yeah. compatible, so make it work, sir. <laughs> I guess if people want to get the new, you know, sealed in box package with the, you know, packaging. Those are gonna be those are gonna be collector's items. Yeah. Those are gonna be collector's items. I, I'm I'm almost willing to guarantee that everything from this system and those games particularly i don't know how many they're going to print but if they're going to be if there is any 
if they're going to limit that in any way, which I would imagine they would, because this isn't a ma- they're not a major, you know, company. I mean, I think these things are going to be worth some money in the future. So, are you any of you guys thinking about buying it? I know I'm not going to buy, be buying. I will this, not so. be buying it. No. I'll be speculating. Got it. And let us know out there if you're interested in it. You know, I just kind of thought it was kind of interesting that this came out of the blues. So on here but the studio that atari did buy night dive studios announced a couple games at gamescom and so night dive if you didn't know is the company that has been going in and remastering a lot of uh uh, like old games like a lot of fps titles specifically and so um, they've done things like uh, the quake one and quake two remasters that just come out the turok remasters that came out not too long ago on there and they announced a couple of new remasters so uh Star Wars Dark Forces Remaster is coming out. So this is the Dark Forces first-person shooter developed by LucasArts back in 1995 on here. So, But the new version does support 4K gameplay, 120 frames a second, and we'll have cutscenes that looked at, like, came out of much newer titles on here. Uh, they have uh, trophy support, achievement support, and supports gamepads for modern consoles. It's coming out for PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Series X and S, Switch, and PC on here. And they also have announced Turok 3 Shadow of Oblivion, which is a remastered version of the game that originally came out for the Nintendo 64 back in 2000 on here. So, so uh, they also brought out Turok 1 and 2 for um modern consoles which are available on every platform i mentioned previously for dark forces on there so you can pick those up pretty cheap so if you have any nostalgia towards the uh, uh old acclaimed turok games which i i do i don't know about you guys but i enjoyed those games back in the day one of the few games on the n64 i felt was worthy <laughs> of a high uh, cartridge price on there but uh it's kind of cool that they're uh, still working and, and bringing out a lot of these old shooters from back in the day and making them available for modern consumers and at, you know, all the bits, 120 frames and uh, big fidelity. Are you a particular fan of what Night Dive's done so far? Um, I liked Turok on the N64. I don't know if I'll be buying if I'd be buying this. I, I mean, I, I like Turok. I I wasn't in love with Turok, so I, I don't know. And I never I never really got into Quake because I always associated that with PC, and I never had a PC that could run Quake. And by the time I did, I didn't care anymore. So um, yeah, it, I think it's great nostalgia for sure. Um, but I don't think I'll be I'll be picking this up. Got it. I picked up Turok One and Two on PlayStation. Uh, I think they were both in a deal on PSN for like ten bucks for both games. So it's, I do have them in my library. So I'm not sure if I want to pay like thirty or whatever the going price is for Turok Three right at launch. I'll probably wait and see if I do play through One and Two first and mm-hmm. kind of judge my i want to complete the turok trilogy on my playstation <laughs> console you know so now one thing about the uh, night dive is that they did tweet out because people were asking them well what else are you working on so on and so forth and they mentioned the fact that uh, people were doing a lot of port begging on x 
the, the uh, app formerly known as Twitter, and uh, mm. <laughs> they uh, went ahead and uh, was asking about the darkness from 2K. And they said it's on the list, so they are going to be uh, working on it at some point and bringing out a remastered version of The Darkness 1 as well. So keep an eye out for that, bad boy. So. Wow. I, might, I would be interested in that one because I, I thoroughly enjoyed the first game. Second was okay. I didn't like it as much as the first. Wow. So and so they they got the tools to work on any number of uh, different titles. So you know we'll about to see what goes on, see what else they are working on. But you know Atari owns them now too, so it's kind of crazy that you know, this company is under Atari's wing and uh, you know doing all these remasters for everyone to enjoy. It seems like every uh, '90s FPS game is getting redone by them for one reason or another. So so. It's making them money. Hey, hey, hey. Mm-hmm. So, and speaking of uh, making money, there is another uh, title that uh, we've been waiting for for quite a bit of time, and that has to be the Warhammer 40K Dark Tide console port on here. So, this was originally uh, supposed to come out in December of 2022 on Games Pass. So, it's finally coming. It's coming out on Xbox Series consoles uh, on October 4th on here. So it's going to be available on Games Pass uh, on there for people to enjoy. So it's finally coming. It's finally going to be released. So the kind of pseudo-sequel to Vermintide on there. Um, Dark Tide, it will be out on there. So I'll have to see after it releases if it's coming out for other consoles like the Switch and for PlayStation as well. So... Any excitement for this, Des? I know Dark Tide was something that we were thinking about playing last year, but it hasn't come out yet. So, yeah, I mean, I would definitely will. I definitely will. will give it a look. See if it comes to my preferred uh, system, PlayStation. Okay, so you're not gonna check out the Series S version? Uh, probably not. I mean, who knows though? With uh, is again, it on like, Game Pass? It's on Games Pass. Well, the thing is, yeah, I probably will check it. I probably will check it out. Not thinking about it because I'm going to be turning on my my system to play um, Starfield. Uh, Starfield. So that'll give me the opportunity to uh, to turn it on. So, so yeah, I probably will then. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if anyone out there in the community wants to play as well. So I'd be willing to check it out for sure. But uh, that is the Jabroni Gaming News for this episode, gentlemen. All right. So we thank you for that. Trader Joe game night every Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, at Thursdays is the evening that we all that we set aside to, to be able to play games with those who enjoy our show or our men our, and or our <clears throat> members of our Discord community. So and basically whatever game that you have that you'd like to play with us, just post it up there at the Discord. Let us know what it is. If we don't have it, we can get it. And uh, we will be playing said game with you uh, that on Thursday evenings. Um, so you might be asking, well, how do you join up with the Discord? That's easy. You just hit the old uh, X app. X, 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 X. <laughs> app and go to <laughs> add gaming vessels. G-A-M-I-N-G-V-E-S-S-E-L-S. Tap our, uh, hit our Discord link and you're in. So there is no waiting period. There is no Patreon tier list to subscribe to. Just be a good person uh, and enjoy talking about video games. And you will find 
uh, a pleasant stay awaits you in our Discord community. We've got a lot of uh, cool conversations that go on. Usually, um, although I have been slacking the past uh, several days, uh, a lot of news, uh, go daily news goes up in our, in our Discord to keep folks uh, abreast of what's going on in the gaming industry. But um, just to kick back and uh, enjoy talking about gaming without the nonsense that goes on in much larger social media circles. So if that sounds good to you, I would highly encourage you to join up in our Discord. So that is going to bring episode 220 to a close. I want to thank you for rocking out with us hanging in with us for this long. And uh, as I always say, without you all listening, being being part of our Discord community, we're just three old dudes yapping into the internet ether. So for Dez, a.k.a. the the Bay Area Terror, a.k.a. the Ha-Rez Lover. That's me. A.K.A. the Cat Daddy, A.K.A. that Gamer Step Daddy, and for Trader Joe, A.K.A. Jabroni Chief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you might also know him as <laughs> know him as the Food Max Gaming, who can maximize your gaming dollar. I'm showing off 71, A.K.A. Digadulamite. Purple bling bling, yo. And we'll be back next time, episode 221, for your ears. Remember, uh, remember, no show next week due to PAX. We'll be back. We'll be back following that. Peace.